honestly, this is, <laughs> this is how you get away with like free content. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk to you guys for the next, I don't know, was it like 25, 30 minutes? Um, so hopefully, I know you guys have been super entertained by all these amazing like entertainers and actors and stuff. So now you're going to have to put me being boring for the next 20 minutes, if that's okay. So, uh, <laughs> so, my, so my name is Dan, obviously. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, my brand is the Aspie World. So I started a YouTube channel back in 2013 and didn't do anything with it. And then in 2017, I decided to go all ham, go in and make this YouTube channel. When I was 26 years old, I was diagnosed with uh, what was then Asperger's Syndrome. It's now Autism Spectrum Disorder Level 2. Uh, it's not really any different, it's just nomenclature. And uh, I also have ADHD and OCD and dyslexia and all that great gravy stuff that comes with an Autism Spectrum Diagnosis. But since then, I've been able to... Um, uh, kind of uh, travel the world and, and, and do all these kind of amazing things, trying to help inspire people, inspire young people uh, on the autism spectrum to kind of do uh, do more and improve um, the way that they see the world around them rather than see it as a horrible dark cloud. Because when I started YouTube, the first thing I did, what I, I basically, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, right? And I knew nothing about it. So I went online and I was like, what is Asperger's syndrome? Couldn't find anything about it. Then I found one video about an autistic guy and it was so depressing, I was like, oh my god, like, I don't want to watch this. So I was like, why don't I make something? <laughs> it's true, it's true. You've ever looked at videos of autistic people prior to 2017 on, online, it's terrible. Um, and uh, so basically I said, hey, why don't I, um, I put something out that's entertaining, fun, educational, and try and mend the gap. Needless to say, my first video was absolutely garbage, but it still served its purpose. And then I did that, and I did that con continually uh, for, for a year or two. And then I decided that, well, I won an award from YouTube, and I decided I was going to do it full on uh, and, 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 and go all in, and I did that. So um, the type of content that I put out is basically um, information, but I've, I've made it educational, and I'm trying to make it entertaining, because nobody wants to sit and watch a video about something very, very intense uh, that's very boring, you know, like, see the boring videos. So I try to make it really entertaining, kind of fun. The ADHD really does help, so yay, because uh, I'm quite hyperactive, and I do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> excuse me. But basically, that's who I am and, and what I do. So why did I decide to uh, put videos on YouTube? Now, as Dan number six over there said, uh, he said that uh, YouTube, everyone loves YouTube, right? Because YouTube's great. And the reason YouTube's great for autistic people is because autistic people are quite visual learners or kinesthetic learners, right? Which means they actually get in there and play with Lego and stuff. You know what I'm talking about. And so, like, in terms of, of YouTube, I was able to kind of uh, uh, express information that people could digest. Uh, in, in a way that was visually entertaining, but then they could, they could watch the video and understand what I was saying rather than read a book or kind of sit in a boring lecture, kind of like what I'm doing right now because it's super boring for you, I'm sorry. Um, and I do pace a lot, which is kind of cool. Uh, but in, in terms of my pedometer, I'm doing about 6,000 miles right now, so I'm kind of good, I'm on track. Um, but in terms of uh, YouTube, I really figured that it was a really good way to put out uh, information where people would digest it and go, okay, I get it. And what I found was that there was an entire community of unrepresented people on, on the internet uh, that needed someone to hang out. And that was kind of cool for me. I thought, like, yeah, you know, and I've been there, been in school, been the kid in school on the corner who nobody really wanted to speak to or play with. And all of a sudden, you find a group of people who are interested in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sorry. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, it's great. And I can hang out with people. And, uh, and so I wanted to do that online. And that's exactly what I did. And today, and I'll tell you this, um, we have ooh, 220,000 subscribers on YouTube, I've uh, got 154,000 followers on Facebook, uh, 40,000 followers on Instagram, and uh, yeah, we're now attacking TikTok because, let's face it, everybody who's on the internet has a TikTok channel, so we have to do that too. So we're on 26,000 something on TikTok, but the, the aim of the game there is to actually digest information across all platforms. We have a podcast, a blog, and uh, we do, do many, many, many things. Um, so. 
I want to um, talk about something that I've been working on. Uh, I, I mentioned I'm dyslexic, right? So that means that my reading and writing isn't the best, but hey-ho, I'm only human. And uh, I have two books out. Well, I have, sorry, I have one book out, and I've just finished writing my second book, which is quite interesting for a dyslexic person to write books. And, and how it happened is... I basically, um, I, I like to see how I can overcome potential problems because I have this uh, interesting desire to figure out that we, we don't live in a world with problems, we have a potential towards solutions. Kind of like if you're walking down the road, this is all metaphorical, so get ready. So you're walking down the road and there's a, there's a block in the way, like a brick or something, or a big boulder, you know that you need to move the boulder to move forward across the road. So basically we know that the, the problem is the rock there, but the actual solution is to just move the rock. So we don't actually have a problem, we have a potential towards a solution to get rid of the rock, right? So I was like, how does a dyslexic dude who can't really spell his own name write a book? And how I did it was I used my iPhone to dictate, uh, so I dictated to the iPhone and it made it into text. And that's how I wrote both my books, which is quite interesting, right? And I love this because I find a lot of people um, get really uh, 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 kind of closed up when they feel like they can't do something, right? Um, and so what I mean by this is um, I did a degree in chemistry. So, and I love chemistry, it's great. One of the most fun things in the world is um, molecular symmetry and group theory. I know everyone's like, oh yeah, I love it. I can see how you get excited about it. Uh, and so molecular symmetry and group theory, great stuff. But unfortunately, it's one of the most difficult things to get uh, to grips with. So what I did for my dissertation is I, I created a, a visual representation of molecular symmetry and group theory within Minecraft, which is a great game, by the way. I don't know if you've heard of it. But uh, Minecraft is so good that I built this, uh, these models in Minecraft. And uh, up to a point where um, uh, actually Microsoft wanted to buy the, the models off me, but I didn't sell it to them. I still have it. But the idea was that anybody who could play Minecraft could get the concept of something quite technical very, very quickly. And so that was kind of me, again, going towards something that I'm not looking at problems, I'm looking at potential towards solutions, which is super dope, right? And so that's kind of like what I do. So I've come up with this scale. I want to tell you about the scale of work that I do, but I'm first going to have a drink because like any graceful performer or entertainer, I have to be hydrated to continue talking. And I talk a lot because of ADHD and autism and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't like the sound? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm only joking. Sorry if I offended anybody by my slips. Anyway, so I have this scale that I've come up with. So basically, the, the, we have this, um, with the Aspie World, which is the name of my brand, uh, we actually shorten it to just TAW now, Tau Media. But, um, so the Aspie World, we, we focus on two areas. We focus on the fact that there are children struggling in parts of the world, all across the world, who are on the autism spectrum and the parents need support, right? And they, they get it. But then there's also this other side of it where you have adults who are on the spectrum who get little to no support because everyone's focusing on the children, right? And, um, and the way we look at it is in this scale is that when you are you know, first a new person in the world and you're born and it's all great and everything's brand new and you have to learn things like learning how to, to, to eat and to sit next to people and go to school and conform to society. It's all very scary and it's a very difficult thing to learn and it's always, um, it, it's so overwhelming that some of the most difficult times for an autistic person would be when they're very, very little, right? But then you become, there's, there's, no, there's no pressure in the teen kind of years because you kind of finish school and you're just swashbuckling around and you can kind of go, you've already learned all the cool stuff that you needed to do like, you know, I don't know, just eating and being around family and knowing that you, you've got brothers and sisters that you dislike and all that kind of fun stuff. You know, you already know those things by the time you're a teenager and there's, no, there's little to no pressure on a teenager typically once you finish school right? You kind of the world's your oyster. But then as you get older and you become an, an adult like myself, you have marriage and mortgage and kids and cars and all this other garbage that gets in the way. And these are external pressures that you are then having to learn again. 
just like you did when you were tiny, when you were in school and you had to learn how to sit down and write and look at teachers and all this other nonsense. So you have a similar effect of people who are very, very small to people who are very, very old in, 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 in retrospect. So this is the scale that we're, we're talking about. So this scale is, is kind of where we measure how to help people. So the people in between, I'm not saying they don't need any help, but they're, they're, they're more likely to kind of just cruise and coast past where the people who are, who are aging adults and, uh, or, or, or young children are in need of support. So that's kind of what we do uh, with the Aspie world. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we actually do. So we look... Uh, a lot of like, what's the future of autism, right? One of the biggest things uh, that we try and do is we look at accessibility. One of the biggest things that annoys me is like hospitals, uh, doctor surgeries, um, public places in general absolutely have garbage uh, accessibility for autism. Like, I don't know if you've been to a, you know, you go to a hospital and there's horrible lighting in hospitals and you're like, how is it, what? You know, you go to a place where medical people are supposed to treat you or help you and you've got a medical condition or, or a neurological condition, yet the lighting is not set up to accommodate it, so it's not accessible, right? It really bugs me. Or you go to Tesco and they say, they're really proud, I love this. They're like, we have autism hour. Happens once a year. I'm like, what? So everyone's supposed to, on, on the spectrum, so you're shopping once a year. Thanks, Tesco. Great effort, but not good enough. So we're, we're actively trying to really push through to, to create more inclusive um, uh, and dynamic ranges of, of, of um, accessibility. And uh, I recently briefed uh, the European Parliament uh, in France on, on uh, how autistic people are left out of the job market for similar accessibility issues. And then I also uh, briefed a bunch of big national banks about uh, how employees within their uh, organization would have less accessibility because of the, the, the offices are not set up to accommodate neurodivergency. And the way I explained it was like, if you go back to maybe, I don't know, like the 1800s and you had like no wheelchair access to, to the bank, everyone would be like, well, that's your fault, you're a wheelchair user, right? But like now, it'd be abysmal to not have wheelchair access, right? It'd be crazy. But now, with autism, if they have no autism accessibility, it's our fault, right? But I want to change that attitude so that when they have no awesome accessibility, then it's the company's fault and they're legally obliged to do something about that. So that's kind of a little bit uh, about some of the work that we actually do. Now, the European Parliament one was really fun. Uh, I actually briefed a bunch of different countries about how, how they leave autistic people, individuals, outside of the job uh, scope. And there are companies who are actively recruiting autistic individuals like Autocon. Uh, they recruit people to be consultants and stuff like that and work from home remote. And, and they're exclusively, they just uh, hire autistic people to be consultants, which is really cool. So there are, there are many different things, uh, companies that I work with to kind of close these gaps, which is kind of like what I'm trying to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, another interesting fact is that GPs or your, your doctors, your physicians, as the Americans say, um, less than the, uh, sorry, about 40% of all GPs have no background understanding of autism, which is kind of shocking. You know, it's almost half of the amount of people who will see you through your life on a medical profession have no idea of your condition. So that, to me, really strikes a big, big hole. So I'm working, again, with a the neurodevelopmental team uh, in the NHS in Wales uh, and a bunch of other organizations to kind of try and bring mandatory training and, and all that kind of understanding and all that juicy stuff to the NHS, which is kind of, uh, kind of cool. So one of the most... Uh, Interesting things I like to say is that uh, if you if you follow the the uh, National Autistic Society, uh, they have a, a slogan now, which is uh, a world that works for everybody, right? And it's all it's all nice campaigning for a world that works for everybody. But what I feel like I'm doing with with my community and, and my team is that we are building that world 
right? So it's all well and good thinking about it, but you have to actually get out there and do something. It's all well and good going to the garden and saying, like, God, I wish I didn't have weeds and I'm walking in the house. You need to get on your hands and knees and pick those weeds out, you know, because nothing's going to happen unless you take action, you know? That's what you have to do. So that's what we do. So I want to talk a little bit about... Is everybody bored yet? I feel like I'm just rambling here. I'm so sorry. Everybody's been singing. Should I do a song? All right, hit me some... Yeah, no. 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 <laughs> I am a musician. I do appreciate everybody's talents here. There's me just talking absolute nonsense about Parliament. I'm so sorry. Um, so I want to just kind of talk a little bit about the things that <coughs> I'm developing and doing with, with my team at the Aspen World and I'm really proud of is uh, we're moving into um, creating virtual reality environments for um, autistic individuals and communities so that you can access uh, the metaverse, quote-unquote Mark Zuckerberg's lovely uh, idea there. Uh, but the metaverse is something that's going to happen, and it is rapidly moving forward. So we see more you know, Web3 things like blockchain and NFTs and virtual reality and all these kind of crazy futuristic terms that nobody really knows about. But we are working on those right now. You know, We, we actually have a virtual reality synth environment. Uh, I work with one of the biggest AI development companies uh, in Europe, um, and uh, AI Luxembourg, they're called, and we, we developed a lot of uh, robotics uh, to, to help educate um, young children on the spectrum who would rather speak to a robot than a teacher and that kind of cool gravy stuff. Um, we're also developing apps to help the NHS. It's one of my biggest goals this year as we're developing um, data collection apps so that the NHS, when they want to provide services, they actually know exactly what they want to, to do, you know, because up until this point, uh, about, about three months ago, I was briefed <laughs> in a... Uh, in a meeting with, with some of the, the, the movers and shakers in the North Wales kind of uh, area on, on autism, on Wales in general, and one of the things they said, oh yeah, we're developing all these services and these packages for autistic people. I said, well, how did you come up with all this data? And they said, well, we just thought of it. I said, well, if you don't know what you need to help people with, then what, how do you come up with the product or the service? And they were like, oh, shoot. So now we're looking at collecting the data. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievably shocking. Um, and now we're collecting the data in the correct way to then facilitate that. And it has to be done uh, within a certain way. So yeah, so that's what me and my team uh, are deep doing as well. So well, we are... Uh, Excuse me. Uh, we are actually planning global events as well. I was just talking to a couple of friends of mine earlier. Uh, we are putting on an event in Canada uh, called Autism Social Summit, uh, which is going to be the first one of its kind. And we, I am actually planning one for Wales as well with uh, the, the Wales uh, Autism.org as well because... Um, there's, there's a lot that needs to happen uh, in terms of conferences and stuff. And up until now, we've had really, like, just really basic conferences uh, rather than entertaining uh, conventions for autistic people to enjoy different things. So there's a lot going on, which is really, really cool. Um, but that is basically uh, wh where I'm up to. And so I just wanted to say thanks for listening to my absolute garbage for about what we are now, 23 minutes. Oh, no, 20 minutes. Well, that was great. So if anybody has any questions and wants to talk to me about anything I'm doing and any of the work I'm doing, please come and speak to me. I'll be somewhere in this room for the next 15, 20 minutes. All right, guys, thanks so much. Have a good night. I don't know who else is on next. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Thank you. I don't know where's my... Dan. Number six. Yeah. yeah. Fist bump. Yeah, man. I'm still talking. Where's, where's the... I don't know where I'm going. This way. All right. Oh, there he is. Dan. Dan, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Woo! Yeah, thanks, man. Give it a cheer, Dan! Woohoo! Oh, shit, my water.